Good morning. I've got a treat for those of you who are visual learners today. Uh, I, I just want to say, first of all, I'm not a theologian. I don't know much about exegesis or homiletics. I'm not even sure I could spell them. Uh, but I do know two things. God is good and his word is true. And uh, I came to become a Christian later in life, later, well, I guess this is later in life, uh, but when I was about 34, and uh, I had four little kids under the age of five, and it was kind of a crazy time in my life, and I found myself at this little church in Cory, Indiana. It was a couple of wonderful mentors, Bob and Carolyn Latham. Uh, how many remember Bob and Carolyn? We have people over here, yes, wonderful people. And my problem wasn't believing. I believed. My faith was strong. My problem was living it every day, day in and day out. I got these two grips up here. <laughs> thank you. Oh, dear. Well, a little bit more than I expected, but thank you, guys. Okay? And, um, and they introduced me uh, to Psalms 37. And Psalms 37, uh, and I'm going to call this what I'm going to talk about is how to live to learn to live victoriously in a defeatist world you know we're surrounded by all kinds of things that'll drag us down and this little book was called the cycle of victorious living and it was all about this wonderful psalms and I would just like to share with you this morning some things that I learned that have held me true over the years all right if you'll let me do that so um so let's take a look at Psalm 37, 1 through 8, if you'd like to follow along. Uh, do not fret because of evildoers. Do not, be not envious toward wrongdoers. For they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he will do it. Um, he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because the man who carries out wicked schemes cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil doing. We've been singing about that this morning, You've all these words we've heard. I'm getting an echo up here, Andy. I don't know if it's because of that or what. Um, so let's think about this first one, which is commit. This is the first step that, that uh, I learned in this idea of victorious living. When we think about commitment, uh, we commit to the Lord. Now let's think about who the Lord is, right? I think it's really important that we understand uh, who the Lord is. Now, when Psalms was written, of course, in Old Testament times, and that's when God was for his people. And we know that they didn't do very well. Uh, there was a lot of problems with the, the people, they call them stiff-necked. And then there was a time when God just seemed to be absent. And then he sent his son, Jesus. And that was God with us. So we had God for us, 
then we had God with us, where he could show us by example and tell us about this new commandment called love your neighbor as yourself, as well as other wonderful things that we learned from this man, Jesus, who was God incarnate. And and then when Jesus got ready to leave and his disciples were saying, you can't leave us, and he says, I must go because I'm going to send someone who's even greater than I am. And he sent the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that's God in us. So that's basically the Trinity, right? So we think about making a commitment. Think about the power that's in that, that God for us, God with us, God in us. And we're the benefactors of that, because we're living on this side of the Old Testament. So the notion of committing. So what does committing mean? It talks about committing your way unto the, unto the Lord. So we think about commitment. We've got to remember that, and Chip mentioned this, Brad mentioned this, we're all carrying burdens of some sort. They come from all kinds of places. Um, I visited my friend Charlotte in the hospital uh, last evening, and I uh, just want you to pray especially for her. Uh, she's going through a lot right now. And, um, uh, but we all have, have these burdens that we carry. And with, with, we have to remember that, that the commitment is not an event. It's not something we just do once and we're done. It's a process. It's a process. And that burden might be financial, it might be uh, personal, physical, emotional, uh, personal stress, a school, it could be all kinds, bereavement. Uh, we've had a lot of loss in our church and our church families. But to commit means to pledge, to entrust, to transfer that to a superior power, to commit that whatever it is, okay, this idea of commitment. So I want you to think about it like this, all right? We have this burden, and we're going to carry it to the, the Lord, right? We take it to the Lord, we lay it down, we thank him for it, and then what do we do many times? We pick it back up, and we carry it back down with us, don't we? And off we go. That's sometimes what we do. And basically, when we do that, we have to remember it's not an act. Uh, it's not an emotion, all right? It's an act of the will. We cannot do it for somebody else. We can't change anybody else. We can't do it for them. Uh, out, and the outcome of it isn't in our hands. Uh, how many times I've told my kids this as they were growing up, you can only do the right thing. You are not responsible for how the other person responds, right? And sometimes we think we can change other people, and we cannot. It is something we do, and it's active, it's the laying down, and it's continuous, leaving it there. Now, leaving it doesn't sound like a continuous thing, but it really is, isn't it? We have to continue to leave it there. But it is how we enter this victorious living stage, this cycle uh, that we live. So I want you to think about that. Um, and also then it becomes more like this, doesn't it? Where we leave it, and when we leave it, we continue to leave it, right? That's what it's supposed to be. That's how we commit things to the Lord. So then what's the next one is trust. Let's think about trust for a minute. I don't know how many of you have ever been betrayed by somebody that you trust. 
I don't think there's probably anybody here, I don't care how young or how old we are, where we didn't have faith, and yet in someone, usually, who let us down, uh, that we didn't feel like we could trust. So I want us to think about what does it mean to trust? And trust is the firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability or strength of something or someone, okay, is the idea of trust. So let's think about, we're going to commit these things to God. We have to say, well, who is God, right? Is this someone that we can trust? So I'm going to share with you from scriptures who God is. I'm going to start out with God is. God is holy. God is perfect. God is love, God is faithful, God is pure, God is a healer, God is wonderful, God is merciful, God is always present, God is forgiving, God is everlasting, God is my savior and my helper, God is patient, God is compassionate, God is good, God is great, God is life. God is the creator. He is truth. He is powerful. He is our protector. He's joy. He's trustworthy. He's understanding. He's my friend. Those are all from scriptures. His word is true. But more than that, God has. What does he have? God has power. He has all authority. He has sovereign control. He has directed me. He has always provided. He's comforted. He's brought peace. He has forgiven us. He's answered prayer. He's given eternal life. He has plans for us. God is, God has. But what about God will? God will save us and forgive us. God will love us. God will be faithful. God will deliver. God will judge, God will comfort, God will satisfy, he will provide and protect, he will give grace, he will amaze, he will never leave us nor forsake us, one of my favorites. Uh, he will forgive and forget, he will answer prayer. But what about God never? God never fails, God never changes, he never sleeps, he never forsakes us. He never leaves us. He never reminds us of our sins. I like that one too. He never confuses. He never lies. He never tires from doing good. He is unwilling. He never is unwilling to hear our prayers. He is never unfair. He is never unforgiving. He never misleads. He never stops loving. He is never unjust. He never betrays, and he never gives up on us. And I added one as I was sitting here this morning, as we saw, God never fails, right? My God will never fail. Okay, so those are the never. So that's who our God is, and there are more. You could add to them yourselves. I mean, these are all from scriptures. Um, but as we think about those, we have to remember that trust is something we do. It's not passive. 
that when you take it back, you're saying, when you lay it and you commit it to him, and then you take it back, what you're saying is, this is so important that I just can't trust you with it, right? And, and we have to remember that God is trustworthy, no matter what it is. And that's one thing my friend Charlotte said to me yesterday. She says, I trust him. And that meant so much to me to hear that from her because she's going through a lot right now. I, he is trustworthy. So we commit and we trust and then what? We delight. Well, what does it mean to delight? Okay, well, if we just think about who he is, that's plenty to delight in, isn't it? Psalm uh, 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So do you delight in his blessings, or do you delight in him? That's hard to think about, but there's two different things, isn't it? So if we think of God as the author of all blessings, everything that we have that we're blessed with uh, comes from the hand of God, right? So then do we... Um, then do we delight in his, our blessings or we delight in him? I find myself a lot of times, you know, family gatherings or different things, and oh God, you've just blessed me so much. And I'm kind of looking at my blessings, right? Instead of looking at him and saying, God, you are the author of all good things. So where's our focus? Is it on our blessings? Because, you know, we all know a lot of people who just don't have a lot of stuff and maybe they have poor health, but you know, blessing, or delighting is looking up, all right? Looking up, that's what it is. So when we think about it, it's faith, not our circumstances, that makes everything possible. Delight is not an event, it's an attitude. How many times do we talk about attitude, people's attitude? So how do you know what somebody's attitude is? You know, we say, boy, they have a bad attitude. How do we know that? Right? We know it from the way they act, the way they talk, the way they respond, right? So we got to think about how do we know when we're talking about an attitude of delight. So what do others observe in you? Do they observe an attitude of delight and thanksgiving? Uh, we need to think about that as well. And then fourthly, it comes rest. And we all like rest, right? We're all thinking about our Sunday afternoon nap already, probably, in terms of rest, right? So we think about rest. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Um, we must follow this particular cycle to cash in on his rest. He has designed a way for us that is clear and direct. So when we think about rest, we need to think about readiness, expectation, satisfaction, and triumph. So when we think about readiness, it, it's, it's rest from friction, not rest from action, right? So it's an active process. We can rest in the Lord and go about and do good because we know that he is faithful. In the expectation, creative rest consists of enthusiastic expectations. So we just expect God to do great things in our lives. And satisfaction, you know, in Moses, 
uh, at prayer, he said, teach me your ways, O God. And God's response, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then triumph. And this is from 1 John. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. See the word burden there? The commandments are not something we carry on our backs, you know? They're not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. We're talking about living in a defeatist world, right? And this is the victory that has overcome the world, and that is our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He that believes that he is the Son of God. So we have our cycle, it appears to be complete, but we have to remember that there are things that can take us out of the cycle. So, you know, a cycle's only as good as we don't get spun out of it at somewhere along the road. So what does that mean? What takes us out of the cycles? Well, the scriptures tell us what those things are, right? There are three verses that deal with do not fret, do not fret, do not fret. And there's one that says, do not be envious. These are the things that can take us out of the cycle. Um, fret, let's think about fret for a minute. You know, fret is the wringing of the hands. Oh my, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know how this is ever going to work out. It, 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 and I want to make a distinction between fretting and being concerned. Okay? We're all concerned about things, right? But concern drives us to prayer. Fretting drives us to despair. That's the difference, okay? What are we doing with that? Is it a concern that we're going to take to the Lord? Or is it something that we say, well, Lord, you're just, we, I can't trust you with this. I'm going to keep it and fret. I don't know how many of you um, are Anne of Green Gables fan. I love that movie. And there's a place in Anne of Green Gables where Anne is saying to Marilla, who's the woman who eventually adopts her, she said, can you imagine, and she's a real drama queen, we know the type. She says, can you imagine what it's like to be in the depths of despair? Because she was always in the depths of despair. And Marilla says to her, no, I cannot. To despair is to turn your back upon God. To despair is to turn your back upon God. To fret and to say, oh, I just don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's a very different reaction than being concerned. And then the other one is envy. Envy, the desire to have a quality or a, per, a possession or other desirable attribute. It's not always just a possession, right? It can be an attribute. Boy, I wish I could run like so-and-so. I wish I could sing like so-and-so. Oh, I wish I... And not just wishing, but coveting, right? Coveting. So it's, it's something that belongs to somebody else. So these are the things that we have to think about when we're thinking about what takes us out of this cycle. What takes us out of this cycle? And it... And it it indicates that these are the two main things in this set of uh, scriptures 
that we have to be concerned about, and that is doubt and unbelief and resentment and the desire to possess. These are the things that will throw us out of this victorious cycle of living and drive us into these other characteristics. So as we think about this, let's think about, again, commit. The scriptures say, commit your way unto the Lord. Trust, trust also in him, and he will do it. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently on him. Commit, trust, delight, and rest. Okay? Um, the, the, the things that I read to you about he is, he will, he never, uh, I, I got them on a sheet and I put them back in the corners. As you go out, you can pick them up where the announcements are. And, um, and as, you, as you do that, what I'd like you to do is to think about, and boy, we're going to get out early today. And, and, <laughs> and what I'd like for you to do is if you pick one of those up, I'd like for you to read it, turn it over on the back, and I want you to write down those things that you would like to commit, that you know that are dragging you down. And this could be, again, it could be anything from health concerns, family concerns, relationships, school, whatever it is, on the back and commit them again. And finally, right, it's a continuous process to God. Commit those things to him. Remember, living victoriously in a defeatist world we can, God's given us everything we need to do that, right? Because God is, he has, he will, and he never, he never fails, okay? So that's my challenge for this week. Think about those things that you need to commit that are something that, that you just want to lay that burden down and leave it. Today's the day, okay? Chip? Yeah, wake up. Here we go. <laughs> I've asked Chip to close us in prayer. He did pretty. <laughs> Might have stand with me as we pray. Father, we love you um, this morning with all of our hearts. We thank you for your word. Um, thank you for just for how you speak to us. Um, I thank you for my church family. I thank you for um, the message this morning. I just thank you for mom's heart, Lord, and just sharing, Lord, because we truly want to live the victorious Christian life. And so, Lord, you know those things in each of our lives where we just honestly just get our eyes off you. Lord, we honestly just get our eyes um, on the, on the situation, on the circumstances, on others, and what other people are saying, what other people are doing. Father, uh, continue to change our hearts to be more like you. Lord, we, when we look to you, we truly realize that you are all of these attributes that we heard of this morning, Lord. And we need that, and the world needs that. 
And so, Father, help them, the world, to see you, you, Jesus, in us. Lord, that we truly could have, Lord, all of the benefits, the blessings, the real blessings of the Lord in our hearts and lives. We can have peace. We can have the joy. We can find rest in you, Lord. And I pray that it would open the door to opportunities to share with others how good you are. Lord, we just pray, Father, just that you would continue to use us uh, as individuals, as families, as a church, Lord, to see the lost be found and to see others growing in their faith. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for your presence as we leave this place today. We pray that we can continue, Lord, to keep our eyes upon you and keep our trust in the Lord. Lord, even when we don't understand, we trust you, Lord. We know that you've got a plan for our lives and your ways higher than ours. So we remind ourselves today, Lord Jesus, of that as we leave. We love you and praise you and thank you again for this time together. In Jesus' name. happy that you've chosen to listen to our sermon today on the platform of your choice. We at Cory Community Church, the Nazarene, continue to honor our calling to be kingdom people. We rely upon the gift of the fellowship and community to equip each other to fulfill our mission of reflecting the love of Christ to all of those that God has placed within our lives. We welcome you to join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. in Cory, Indiana, just south of State Road 46. God bless.